0: so good to see you we are about to start an amazing new series it's from the book of Haggai anyone know where Haggai is very cool it's a little tip for you it's between the two z's z's Zechariah and Zephaniah I learned that back in Sunday school because uh, does anyone else remember sword drills we used to have this game where the teacher would call out a scripture and you have to quickly find it in your Bible for, before anyone else and you win a prize. So, uh, so we are studying the book of Haggai. It's going to be an amazing series. So you can turn to that right now. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great series uh, that we're going to look into today. But um, before we even jump into it, why don't we, uh, why don't we pray and uh, ask God to speak to us this morning. Lord, I God, Lord God, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the words of uh, Shane earlier on today, Lord God, that uh, that we can build a foundation on your word, Lord God. Lord, when we put those things into action. So Lord, I pray today that you would give us, that you would speak to us clearly about where we're at. And Lord, I pray you'd give us the courage and the steps to walk that out. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Very cool. So uh, before we jump, I want to start by uh, expressing a certain kind of phase in your life. This is kind of the time in your life when you just expected more. Does anyone kind of know that phase when you expected more? Maybe things just haven't turned out the way you thought. I know in my life there's been a few situations where I just kind of expected more. Uh, university, I went down to Wellington as a young 18-year-old. Getting ready, I was going to become an amazing architect and come back to Rotorua and be an architect for Lockwood. That was my big dream. Four years later, I've got three half degrees and a, and a big loan, and I'm not sure kind of what's going on. It just didn't turn out how I thought it would. Uh, even recently, it happens over and over again, even recently, just a couple of months ago, I've been working hard on, on getting better at my preaching, but I was like getting frustrated and disappointed and discouraged that everything was taking so long, days, and then I still don't know what I'm talking about. It's still not making sense to me. And I, a couple of months ago, I began to get really discouraged about, I didn't think, it was actually going to be this hard. I thought by now it would be a little bit easier. Does anyone else recognize that kind of time in your life when your things just, you thought things would work out differently? Maybe it's, maybe you've just finished school and you thought by the time you finish school that you would know what you wanted to do with your life. Maybe you've been studying hard and you come to graduation. And you thought you'd find a job. You thought you'd walk into something and it would be fantastic. Maybe you thought you'd find your life partner by now. And it just hasn't worked out that way. Maybe you are married. Maybe your your life is, is looking pretty cool. But you just thought you'd be happier. You thought you'd be more satisfied with where you're at. This is something that we all go through. And the reason I bring it up is because... In the time of Haggai, this was exactly the mood that they were facing at that time. But to fully understand the situation of Haggai, first of all, we need to go back a few years, a few centuries actually, right back to Solomon's time. In the fourth year of Solomon's reign, they had built the most amazing temple And it was famous uh, worldwide. The the house of God, the people of God, the kingdom of God were glorious and magnificent. And people came all over the world to come and see the glory that was the temple of God and the people of God and the house of God. But then over the the following generations, people kind of got distracted. They turned to idols and everything seemed to disappear a bit. Until in 587 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon came along and crushed. Crushed everything. Everything was uh, ripped down, torn down. The temple was absolutely destroyed. The Jews were taken off to captivity for decades. And can you imagine how they felt in that time? The complete loss of identity. The complete loss of hope from God's chosen people. Now they're slaves to a heathen, heathen people. Their, their temple, their promised land that they'd fought so hard for had been stripped away and broken down to ruins. And so for 50 years, they were in exile in Babylon. But after 50 years, 50,000 of them were released back To Jerusalem to rebuild. They were given the task to rebuild. And I can just imagine the anticipation, the excitement that would have been with them. This is our turn. We are the generation that's going to rebuild Jerusalem to its former glory. God is going to come and bless this land and we will be mighty once again. God has redeemed us. We are the people for the job. They would have been so excited. So they came back And they built the foundations of the temple. They built the altar to God. But then they encountered some opposition. The Samaritans who had moved in while they'd been gone. They started to oppose them. And so they gave up. And they sat back. And for 14 years, there was no progress on the temple. There was no prayers to God. They pretty much just gave up on the task and they just thought they'll just get a bit more comfortable and just relax into life. Because that's what happens sometimes when we have a big dream and things don't work out how we thought they would. We can just accept that and become comfortable and sit back. So into this moment is where God brings the prophet Haggai. And he calls the the people of God back to action. So that's where we find in Haggai chapter 1 verse 2. This is what the Lord God Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to build the Lord's Lord's house to be built. This is what the Lord God Almighty says. The time of these people... Well, to start with, that is not a good start. These people. God has, uh, when he's normally talking about the people of God, he, he normally says, my people who are called by my name. But now he's talking to them and he says, these people. And that's a little bit funny because that's what we say, actually, when we want to disassociate ourselves from family members. That's not my dad, that's your dad. Honey, uh, your son is uh, is making a mess again. God is disassociating himself with his own people. This is not a good start. But he says, these people say, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. What they are saying is, uh, we know it needs to get done, but you know, the timing's off, things got a bit awkward, got a bit tricky, so obviously it's not the right time. And we can be tempted sometimes when, we are, uh, when God has given us a task to do and we step out, but it gets hard, to think that the opposition means that God is not in this. Maybe God doesn't want us to do this. And I understand that God sometimes does close doors, but too often we kind of, we'll just like knock on the door, press a bit, oh yeah, it's not happening, oh yeah, we'll just, obviously the timing's wrong wrong we we say that i didn't say that all the time oh just it's, it's good but i'll get to that a little bit later i understand that needs to be done i've been think i've been saying that since i was a little kid daniel come and do the dishes yeah yeah i'm gonna come do that later kind of thing we all say that but we've got to make sure that we don't equate opposition with it not being from god we need to ask ourselves maybe are we just getting uh, allowed ourselves to be too comfortable when it comes to pursuing the things of God, I'm not worried when I encounter opposition. I actually worry when I'm not encountering opposition. Uh, On Thursday nights, one of uh, the small groups is boot camp. Any boot campers in the house? Oh yeah. Uh, And at boot camp, we have a saying. It says, if it ain't hurting, it ain't helping. You see, at boot camp, we are not there to just like look pretty. We're not there just to, to do nice little pliés. This is not ballet class. We squat deep. We press hard and we're dripping with sweat and it is not pretty. And we say, if it ain't hurting, it ain't helping because we, we are there to burn fat and to build muscle. We are there for a task. And I think God has placed things in us. If we are following God, We should be encountering some kind of opposition. Things should be a little bit hard. Otherwise, what are we doing? Are we actually stepping into the plans that God has for us? Now, I want to encourage someone this morning. You are doing everything right, and yet it's just hard. And I want to encourage you that God wants to say to you today that he sees He knows and He is with you. And He is building something inside of you. He's building a strength that will build your future. So know that He is with you. The song that comes to mind was from when I was a little kid. This is for you this morning. I have redeemed you, I have called you by name. Child, you are mine. When you walk through the waters, I will be there, and through the flame. You will not be drowned. You will not be burnt. For I am with you, says the Lord God Almighty. Now if there's one thing that I want you to take away from today's message, uh, it's this thing right here: is to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. Choose the hard right over the easy wrong. You see, it's easy to keep sin secret. It's hard, but it's right to confess it, to get help, to have other people come around you. It's easy just to ignore the bank balance and just keep swiping that card and hope everything's going to be fine. It's hard, but it's right to live to a budget to get some savings, you know it it 's easy to hold a grudge when someone hurts you it 's hard, but it 's right to forgive them as Jesus has forgiven us it 's easy to give up when things get tough it 's hard but it 's right not to quit now God has uh, has given us all something he's placed something in us and I want you to just take a moment to think about what is it that God has called me to do is there an assignment that is unfinished maybe it was uh, 14 years ago maybe it was 14 months ago maybe it was uh, 14 days ago that God has placed something on your heart that assignment that he has given to you but For whatever reason, you became discouraged, you became disorientated, you became uh, confused about what to do, and you've given up, disappointed. I believe that God is going to stir something in us this morning, that God is calling us back to task. He wants to reawaken hope in us. So uh, I want you to keep that thing in mind. That thing that God's placed on your heart, keep that in mind as we go through the scriptures today. And then we're going down to verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? Now, this is what the Lord God Almighty says give careful thoughts to your ways. Ouch. God is, uh, is pretty much telling them, like, panelled houses? Really? Now, those are normal houses. To, to have in the Middle East, ancient times, panelled houses, that's royal. That's like royal abode. Here, the people had become so discouraged with the task of rebuilding the temple that they've just sat back into the comfort of life and let everything carry on and they've created them for themselves a nice, comfortable environment, and left that task. They didn't even want to look at it anymore. But God is calling them back to task. Now, God, there's nothing wrong with being comfortable. There is nothing. God doesn't have anything against nice stuff. You can have nice stuff. But when that comes before God, when that comes before what God has called you to do, that's where God says, give careful thought to your ways. So God's been speaking to me, actually, over the last month. And he's reminding me about uh, what he showed me at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, he showed me that 2018 would be about uh, growing a strong, supported young adults leadership team. That, that's, what we're gonna, that's what this year is going to be about. Then he gave me a second thing that this year will be about, and that is building a stronger life with my wife now, one of those is, is on the way, and it's, it's going great. We're doing, having some great fun at Young Adults. And me and Dai, we're really passionate people. We like to be involved, and we love building community. The thing is, our life actually, over the last few months, became just so busy that uh, we could go weeks without actually having a home-cooked meal. We're always out there. We have no energy, no time, to, no space to build into our life. And there's nothing wrong with serving God and, and, and all that. But God was reminding me here of what he showed me at the beginning of the year. That this year is to be about building a strong life with my wife. So what is it that God has shown you? In verse 6, now this verse here is actually quite scary to think how relevant it is. It's like 2,500 years since it was written. But in verse six, uh, this is what it says. It says, You have planted much, but you have harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a a purse with holes in them. What, What God's saying is, you know what? You are busting your butt at work, but you're still not getting anywhere and you're still not satisfied. You are earning more than you've ever earned in your life, and yet your savings account is still empty. He is saying you're accomplishing more and you're pushing hard more, but still you don't feel satisfied or fulfilled. And what It's like a Dr. Phil would say, you know, you're doing all that stuff. How is that working for you? How is that way that you're doing it, how is that working for you? I believe God is saying to us this morning, I want to show you another way. I want to show you, uh, I have a better plan for you. I have something so much stronger, so much better for you. So down in verse, so the next verse, this is what the Lord God Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. I love it that our God His heart is towards us, that he cares enough about us to reawaken hope, to set us on the path again. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring down some timber, and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. Go to the mountain, bring down the timber, and build my house. He's laying it out. Look. Just do number one, number two, and number three. Do what I showed you to do. Now, I don't know if the Jews at this point, the Israelites, were looking at the temple. And I know if I was them, I would be thinking about, oh man, how is this construction going to come together? How are we going to sort out the kind of the opposition that we're doing? And we, they're looking at all the different problems. They're looking at number steps number four, steps number five, steps number six. And they're completely overwhelmed. I understand that. Completely frozen into inaction. This happens for me so much. A couple of weeks ago, I went to get my warrant, went to VTNZ, zipped it through VTNZ. And one of my light bulbs decided not to work that day, yay. And uh, so, simple enough, find an auto electrician, get it changed, come back, get your warrant. But I was so overwhelmed by steps four, five, and six, all the worries, all the questions. Oh, but I don't want to get ripped off just to change a light bulb. But what if it's a deeper electrical problem? And uh, what if I give it to some dodgy guys and it's just not going to work? Should I be doing this myself? I don't know how to look after cars. And three hours later, I found myself sitting at home, just staring to space, thinking about all the things that were the obstacles for me to get my warrant. So I did my little trick, which is to get a phone number ready and uh, the nearest auto electrician and just put call and then uh, yeah, I distract myself and go, oh, look over there and then hit call and suddenly the phone is ringing and I have to talk to them. Oh, hi, can I bring my car in? Yeah, she'll sure, come in half an hour. Fantastic. Take my car around. He says, actually, we don't do that kind of stuff. Go just down the road over here. So I went down the road there. 15 minutes later, my car is fully functional and on my way back to VTNZ, just a simple bulb, but I was frozen in, in action because I was worried about steps four, Steps five, step six. But God is challenging us this morning. He's stirring us this morning. Just do steps one, two, and three. Just do what I showed you and let me do the rest. Do what God has shown you to do today. If God is saying you need to invest into your marriage, then find time, go to a cafe sit down talk about what's wrong and actually invest into it if you need if your finances are out of out of whack go to the website get a budget sorted and start putting plans into action if you need to deal to your health go visit a doctor how about come to boot camp on Thursday we'll get you fit come on eat right put into action don't be so worried about what's ahead just do what god showed you today be faithful to that. Work in that. So for me, what, uh, what happened for me was in Anzac Day about a month ago, I suppose. About a month ago, I was actually at Life Conference. It was day two of Life Conference. And, uh, and the church had paid for me to, to go to conference. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, and it was just me and Mike at Life Conference. And it was day two. And my favorite speaker, Jensen Franklin, was speaking that morning. And I was getting ready to head off to conference. And God reminded me of what he told me at the beginning of the year. Actually, you need to build a stronger life with your wife. And the thing is, Di was off on Anzac Day. But the thing is, I don't like letting Mike down. And so I'm thinking, actually, you know, this is just not the right time. To, I'll find another time to, to catch up with Di. We've been super busy. Oh, but, you know, all these things started coming up, all these worries. So I did my little trick again, and I typed up a quick text to Mike and said, "Hey, Mike, I need to take the day today. And then I just had it there and I was just getting ready And the easy thing for me to do would just be, look, I just delete the text, jump in my car, and just go. Uh, I'll just carry on, and we'll deal with this later. But the hard, but the right thing to do was to quickly distract myself and hit send. And then I was like, take that step to do what is right. And so me and Di, we went for a lovely walk across the water, around the water, not across the water. (laughs) We're that holy, people. We're that holy. Around the water. We took a couple of hours and just sat down at a cafe, and we just talked about how busy we got, and we started to make a plan. We planned out a holiday. Uh, we planned out what are some of the things that we can we can uh, change, things that we can make a difference. But during that day, we felt that God had reinvigorated hope again for our future, and I believe that God wants to reinvigorate hope for you and your future he wants to pull back and he wants you to break through that disappointment break through those things that have become too hard because on the other side of doing what is right but what is, what is hard there is such tremendous blessing for you over the page at Haggai 2 God is talking to the people again in verse 9 And he says the glory of this present house will be greater than that of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. In this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord. And the message version, it says, this temple is going to end up being better than how it started. It was a glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish, a place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness God is challenging us today that he's got something so much more for us. But the time is now for us to act. We can't put it off anymore. We need to do what he has shown us to do, to choose the hard right, because he has more for us. The best is yet to come. Would you stand with me this morning as the musos come?